Welcome in everyone to Around the ACL. Michelle Thompson here with Trey Ryder and Anthony Ione coming off a, a unique open in Australia. So we'll definitely touch on that. We've got open number six coming up at the end of the month in Myrtle Beach. We've got news around the league, buy or sell, and we're going to go over our singles power rankings. So lots of good stuff to get into. Uh, none of us are in Australia or we certainly wouldn't be here right now. But uh, yeah. I've been trying to keep up with Wally. I said, hey, Wally, are you ready to move to Australia? Because obviously the pictures are beautiful. And he said, yes, if it wasn't for the driving. So the driving on the other side of the road with the steering wheel on the other oh, side of the car. It's, a thing. it's been a struggle. Yeah. yeah, I saw a picture of Todd, Todd Kosicki, national director. He was he was he got a rental car and he was driving on the other <laughs> side of the road. I'm like, that's got to be weird. Super weird. Yeah. Wally got a rental car as well because he wanted to be able to explore and stuff. But I think I'd pass on that. Like, do they have Uber there? Can, I think that's the way to go. <laughs> um, they had Uber person. in Europe. I'm sure they got it in. Uh, I'm sure they got it in Australia. Yeah, I would be all over that. <laughs> I think that's a recipe for disaster. But anyways, it looked really cool. And Trey, did you get any like information from the people that were there? Yeah, I mean, limited communication is kind of weird, right? Because you're 15 hours like off. It was like, I'm, I'm talking to Stacy and I can only talk to Stacy one of two times during the day, right when I wake up, because right when I wake up, it's like nine o'clock there. I mean, it's like, you know, 6am Eastern. It's, you know, for 15, it's 15 hours for us, it's even more for you guys, but you're yeah. almost close on the opposite end. Like you're close, you're closer because you're actually closer in time zone. But, and then like right when I'm going to bed, because by the time or the late afternoon, you know, late afternoon, even into the evening, like by that time he's woken up and they're getting started with their day. So it's like, it's it, 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 a little bit of communication. I heard everybody's having a good time and I can't wait to hear like the reviews of like how the entire scope of the event went uh, when they get back. Yeah, absolutely. Anthony, did you get to catch any of it or were you sleeping? No, yeah, of course. Uh actually enjoyed uh Stacy on the mic. I think he's got a calling, man. I, I know a guy <laughs> if he wants to uh if he wants to take this seriously. <laughs> it was, no, it but was I, I thought he I thought he complimented Wally really well uh and, and you know pushing the content through the mic. So yeah, I enjoyed it. Definitely. All right. He's got, well, his, he's get... got his taglines, that's for sure. He's got yes. his, he loves his oh, taglines. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, who hates teams now? Going back to that one, like that one will forever be imprinted in my mind. We uh, we oui, oui, were in Paris. We'll always. Uh, <laughs> then he had hot damn in Rotterdam. Rotterdam. Hot right. damn, we're in Rotterdam. Did you, anybody? Yeah. I didn't. I, he didn't tell me. Did anybody listen? Did he have one when I they first know. went live? I'd love to hear. If I, I can't wait. Um, it's gotta be like thunder from down under or something like that. It's gonna be something Wait a outrageous. Minute. Wait a minute. I think that's something else. <laughs> that might be taken. Copyright. <laughs> um, no, but it's cool. So our winners there were uh, Mark Richards for first and Tony Smith for second. No surprise there. And then for our doubles, same thing. Well, Tony Smith took first with Denny Mellon and then Mark Richards and Isaiah Reyes took second. So Mark and Tony uh, walked away with a pretty successful weekend there uh, with their, were they both elite players they're playing with? Oh, I'm not you know? sure if Isaiah is. I know Denny Mellon is for sure. Okay. Um, not sure about Isaiah. Okay. So with a, uh, you know, advanced or elite players that they partnered up with and were able to secure the win there. 
Um, so congratulations to them. Uh, Trey, what are your thoughts on the Open? Yeah, well, first of all, like uh, you can't, it's a tough, it's a good and a bad way to start. The Australians get to see the number one and number two, Ooh. arguably players in the world going head to head. Like, I don't know if that all registered with them. That's kind of one of the things I'm, I'm excited to kind of hear like the feedback about, like if they understood the gravity, because we don't even get spoiled that much. We don't get to see Mark Richards versus Tony Smith a lot. We'll see them even less this year because they're playing as a team in double. So really our only opportunity to see it is going to be in singles. And every time we see it, it's very classic. It feels monumental. It feels like this really big deal. So obviously the stakes aren't the same, right? Um, it's not an official ACL title that we're talking about here. It's 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 going to be classified as an international title, but it's the inaugural, you know, ACL Australia event. But in the end, if you look at the statistics, Tony Smith and Mark Richards gave us a really, really good final. Like this wasn't, this wasn't a blowout. This was close. It was a long game. We got to see both of their skill sets, you know, showed off there. Like, I think that was really cool. And I'm, I'm hoping those that are in Australia that are getting into the sport had an opportunity to see it and appreciate it because it really, really was a special opportunity to see those two great players going head to head. Um, you know, Big thoughts for me, you know, Mark Richards continues this run, right? I mean, I think it's almost it, because he's already done so much. I think to an extent, we don't have a chance to truly appreciate what Mark Richards is doing at the highest level of the game right now. Yes, he's in Australia. Yes, he's not playing against a hundred of the best players in the world. But again, this is yet another example of an event that Mark Richards goes to and he wins and he has to yeah. do it playing against the best in the world. I mean, really against the best in the world. He didn't have to do it for every game, but when it came down to it, he did have to beat arguably the best player in the world to do it. And, and he did it. And that just, I think it continues to build and add to onto his legacy. He gets to add that other stat, right? It's that I'm now an international champion. I have an international title associated with my name. That's, you know, he's joining the likes of a Jordan Power, of a Jimmy Humans, of some of these great players, even Tony Smith now, some of these best players that are traveling internationally to develop those relationships and become these idols and become these superstars to these different countries. And who knows, maybe in a few years, people are seeing the competition of who they end up playing in the Olympics. So I think all of that is really, really cool and really, really special to see. Um, but in the end, I think it's just, again, a testament to, to Mark Richards, how really solid of a player and how dominating of a player he continues to be, to be. Absolutely. Anthony, what do you think? Yeah. Kind of what I expected, you know, stylistically talent wise, you know, we're starting to see these countries developed. It happened with us back in 16, 17, we saw the same progression with Canada and then you're going to see the same thing in this Australian Open with, you know, just that kind of bag running, slicky bag kind of mentality. And I really just want to send a bit of advice out to people. You know, if, if your goal is to be an advanced or even a pro level player, bite the bullet, man, and put a two, three speed bag in your hand for months at least just to learn what the bag does, how it reacts on the board and how to develop a flat bag. And we really see a lot of that. And, you know, actually it was perfectly timed with 
Um, thanks for the hat, by the way. Slicky Baggers out of Switzerland <clears throat> sent me some bags. We're doing some testing here in the lab with the ACL, and they gave me this little write-up, and I thought it was actually perfect for the show. They said, the carpet-style bags are the slow bags are interesting for less than 2% of the European players. Um, so that's exactly what we saw in Australia, and it's really the opposite of what you want to do to really build a good foundation for the game it's really going to serve you well if you kind of suck for a little while learning how to play the game with a sticky bag so i definitely recommend that but i really liked all the you know the the oohs and ahs are back into the crowd applause you know uh we just don't see that anymore because obviously the talent has gone a really long way and just like the australian crowd it's just cornhole players so back home and we have these fans of just cornhole players you don't really get that new you know, uh, oohs and ahs, or that was an amazing thing. So that was kind of cool to see. Um, but yeah, it was just that that finals was just a great display of black bag placement and speed. I mean, that better there than in, they were doing that the whole match. I need a bag here. I put it here. You know, I need to split and, and jam up and clog everything, not go in. They would do it. And I think it was a really good display for the Australian uh, players. But we're starting to see Tony Smith favor that airmail more over the roll. Uh, in those 50-50 scenarios, you know, back in the day, if he was left with, I could airmail it or I could roll it, he was definitely rolling it. But we're starting to see uh, that transition. Um, really, Mark had a really a clutch short airmail early, rodeoed a bunch of bags in to kind of get him going. He was down 6-0 um, and rallied all the way back to take a 10-6 lead. So we went on a 10-6 run. Tony Smith just kind of had a bunch of unforced errors, just simple kind of things out to the left. You could see the frustration starting to set in around mid-game, around 10-6, um, which is significant because we <clears throat> we just saw an interview drop from Tony Smith um, where he kind of shared, you know, you got to see behind the curtain of Tony Smith a little bit. And he said, he, I'm starting to admit to myself that I'm struggling to finish. And here's a case where, he was up 6-0, and then all of a sudden he's down 10-6, uh, but then comes back. So maybe we're starting to see Tony Smith's mental game mature a little bit, and it was important because we're going into the end. It really was anybody's game. Tony Smith had the lead bag to finish the game, and we know that's super important when you have the lead bag when it's like the next person to score wins kind of thing, not just because you can set the block first or because you get to dictate how the round first, but it's so important to have first bag, which means you're not throwing last bag. If you're not throwing last bag, you have that little bit of advantage because how many times do you come up short on a fourth bag? You got that fourth bag accidental block, but you're still okay, right? Because your opponent's going to have to either go over the top or somehow get over your bag. So basically, Mark Richards was left with multiple rounds in a row where he had to make his fourth bag to stay alive. He had to push through a pile to wash, and he kept doing that until that ridiculous shot at the end. I don't know if you guys saw it, but it was a double push bar of soap to win it. I mean, Tony Smith was was he, his fourth bag, you know, was kind of like front of the hole. Um, Mark Richards threw a couple bags where he had a line kind of stuck there in front of the hole, and he just threw a, a missile through there and ended up winning it with a ridiculous shot. But I thought this would be kind of fun because – we know Tony Smith and Mark Richards have a history of play together. We saw what happened at the nationals last year. Uh, you know, this race for the, the MVP race constantly running into each other uh, deep into nationals. So I went back and looked at the history 
of Mark Richards and Tony Smith. And this is going to be some pretty good information for a lot of people. 10 and 6 in favor of Mark Richards. So they kind of wash out in the pro national series. They're three and three against each other. Uh, Mark's up a little bit in the open series. He's winning that one three to one. They're tied in regionals two to two, but then Mark Richards, they go out and they play each other twice in this Australian open in this international play. And Mark Richards gets both of them. But if you look at the scoring itself, it really kind of blew my mind. Mark Richards is out in their history. Mark Richards is outscoring Tony Smith 255 to 80. He's scoring 41% more points against Tony Smith. And when you break it down a little bit more, all of Tony Smith's wins are close matches, all double-digit matches. So there's a lot of matches in there where Mark Richards will win 21-6, 21-8. And I think it goes to show where Tony Smith's game is used to be. Once he starts to fall out of a game and he finds himself behind, he either gets frustrated or he comes in and he tries to do too much to get back into the match. And then Mark Richards ends up winning by big points. But I think we're starting to see the acknowledgement of the mental side of the game maybe come into play. You know, he, he said in that interview, if you haven't seen that, go on the American Cornhole League Facebook page. There's a really cool interview of Tony Smith. And he said, I recognize Mark Richards as the best player in the world. He said, it was actually kind of cool. He's like, I go to bed at 3, 4 a.m. Mark Richards goes to bed at 9, 10 p.m. He's like, I wake up around 2 p.m. in the afternoon. Mark Richards probably up at 7 or 8 in the morning. He goes, Mark Richards reads a lot of books about motivation and positive thinking. I've never touched a book. You know, so, <laughs> so Mish, I don't know. What do you think? I mean, could that <laughs> mental edge, could that those little bits that uh, that Tony Smith is talking about, could that be the difference in one bag? Because that's what came down to the finals with Tony Smith and Mark Richards. It was one bag. Meet mm -hmm. this is your expertise. Could that be the difference in one bag with what he was describing, how they're different style of people? Absolutely. I mean, m most people have practice routines, but most people don't have mental practice routines and they're equally important. But hey, awareness is always the first step. So good on you, Tony. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> awareness of a problem creates solutions. So a lack of awareness is where you struggle. So Thanks. yeah, good. I like, I'm curious to see how that progresses uh, for sure, because you know, recognizing the problem and then being open to, okay, what am I going to do about it is kind of the next thing. And Mark, I feel like the problems never existed because he's just always had those habits. Yes. So it's, that's why he came in so dominant. He had a leg up that nobody else had because people are discovering maybe I need to do that, which like there's this whole phase of like that would probably be helpful. And like, what could I possibly do? And like, then there's, it takes forever. Mark is like, no, that's just what I do. Just and I'm just going to add cornhole into that thing. <laughs> so that's awesome. I think that's why he's dominant for sure. Aside from his skill, which is obviously there. All right, let's move into open number six. That's going to happen on December 30th and 31st in Myrtle Beach, South Carolina. Um, we do Myrtle Beach every year. I look forward to this event. It's always a lot of fun. Uh, Trey, what can you tell us? Yeah, so this one... I. I I just, this one always feels different. This one feels like a ramp up. Like this is where the pro season feels like it begins. It doesn't, it's not a pro event there this year, it's, but it just feels like it, right? It just feels like there's an opportunity here for some of these players to really get into gear. And like always, it's loaded. Uh, when you talk about the roster of players going, 
Now, we're still more than two weeks out. We're previewing it so early because we're going to do college next week, and then we have the Christmas holiday the week after. So it's kind of – we're, we're jumping the gun a little bit. But even so, there's still 350 players already registered. I expect that number to get well over 500 by the time that we get there. So this is going to be, as always, a very, very large and very, very stacked open event. Uh, Anthony always does this. He always goes through and lists all the different players, right? This is who's here. This is who's here. Like my mini version of that is like, I just look through like one line or one, like back to back to back on the registration list. It's like pro, 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 like all in one (laughs) little section. Right. And I'm just looking through a general registration list. I mean, Mark Richards is on here. Alan Rawls is on here. Fisher Hamilton is on here. I saw Gavin Cano, uh, down on this list. I mean, literally, Jimmy Humans, Jordan Power, all of these great, great players are going to be traveled in here. And I think it's going to be absolutely loaded. This is going to be another one of those where whoever wins this event, I really think is set up to be really successful as the year goes on. If we revisit who won last year, we had Fisher Hamilton. Look what that led to. Fisher Hamilton wins Myrtle Beach, and then he goes on and has a really, really fantastic rookie season. Would have won Rookie of the Year if not for Justin Burton Jr. and what he was able to do. Then you look on the double side, you had Philip Lopez and, and Mark Richards winning at like 12.05 a.m., like five minutes after you know the new year hits, right? And then look at what that led for that season. Again, they were, they were a team that was constantly there at the end. So this, to me, specifically feels like it's – let's put up or shut up, right? Let's see where you are as a pro player. Now there's going to be plenty of players like a Mark Richards that we don't need to learn a lot from Mark, right? But at the same time, someone like a Jeremiah Ellis, right? We don't need to learn who Jeremiah Ellis is right now because we got a good idea. But this is one of those events where Jeremiah Ellis can go from, everybody assumes he's going to be a top, 15 player, maybe borderline top 10 player. This is one of those events where he, if he does really that well, we could start having that conversation. where like, this guy's maybe a top seven. This guy's maybe a top five guy, right? That he can continuously put out that level of output. So it's people like that, that I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to watch and, and see if, especially these rookies can, can figure it out. So and then one, the one thing I wanted to see is who Mark Richards is playing with. Is he playing with Tony Smith? I don't see him on here on the doubles, actually. Yeah, I didn't see him in doubles either, just singles. So that my gut tells me then Tony Smith hasn't registered him for doubles yet. Is that, That's probably that, what that's exactly like. Because I don't see Tony Smith on this list either. But, again, that TikTok time clock, I really think they got to win and open before that double season started. But um, going to be very interesting. And whoever wins this one really set up for a good year. Anthony, give us your thoughts. Yeah, I kind of broke them into a couple sections. I was, I'm looking through the list too, uh, just highlighting things as I went down. But, you know, players that could either break out or win this thing. Uh, we have some fun ones, right? I mean, you've got Fisher Hamilton, uh, or excuse me, uh, JBJ in the field, but he's not playing with Logan Chamberlain. He's coming in with a Sammy Soto. Um, those guys are going to be tough. Uh, as a matter of fact, they just went head-to-head this past weekend. Sammy Soto got JBJ. You know, if we kind of look at some of the history recently, Sammy Soto is is outplaying JBJ on some of the matches I've been seeing right now. And JBJ is still at the top of the list, so they're going to be really, 
really tough coming in. Um, what was another fun one here? I saw some other fun ones on here. Fisher Hamilton and Vincent Frisch. Here's an opportunity for an elite level player from last year, now a pro, uh, to really break out into maybe winning an open with a guy like Fisher Hamilton. I think Vincent Frisch has what it takes to run his side of the boards uh, to be able to do that. Um, you know, other guys that should win this one. Hey, Gavin Cano, who's playing out of his mind right now and not on my top 10, but certainly deserving of breaking into a top 10 right now, playing with Devin Harbaugh, who's one of the best doubles players, as we know, in the game. They're going to be super tough. We got Jordan Power and Joe K showing that they can be a threat within the league, uh, making moves, obviously, at the last at the last one. So they're going to be returning. How about like an Eric Zockline and a Jordan Cam, but not necessarily to win it, but what are we going to get out of these guys? I mean, yes, it's not a pro event. It's not a national. It's not a shootout or one of the eight pro events that we're going to have next year. But here's an opportunity to get ready for those kind of things. Where do you stand amongst? How do you level up against the rest of this talent? If I kind of look at the next level down, you know, again, not necessarily looking to win it, but really interested to see how, they do. Um, Angel Camarena and Colby Shearer. We've seen Colby start to break out on his own. I think Angel's just a little bit, a few steps behind, but he had a really good, I want to say it was a really good appearance at Open 1 in doubles. Uh, they might have even been in the king seat match. So you put these two young rookies together, I think they can do really well. Uh, out of the rookie showcase, Caleb Medenka and Donovan Sinelli. Uh, we got to talk to them, right, a little bit, Mish. I think they were hanging around the uh, booth a little bit. So we got to kind of know them a little bit. Um, really looked really good in the showcase. I think they can surprise a lot of these veteran pros in a bracket and maybe take down a few big dogs on their way to maybe a, a, a loser's final or maybe even creep into a king seat match. Um, Path Sem and Kaylee Hunter, another one. I'm just, what, am, what are we going to get out of them? Really wanting to see Brady Foster and Jimmy Humans. They've been threatening you know, top four, top three in brackets. I think they have the ability to win a bracket. It's going to be a tough run, but I think they can do it. Um, so yeah, those are some of them just standing out. Alec Ryan and Ben Brown, two very, very dirty players. Be interesting to see uh, how they do. They're going to be PPR killers. Anybody out there worried about their stats is going to hate Alec Ryan and Ben Brown showing up on their, yes. on their text alert. They're going to be like, damn it. There goes my 10 PPR for the tournament because they will force you into sixes and sevens. That's that's an eight, nine versus eight, eight uh, <laughs> win right there. Whoever. Exactly. And then Waldy Kassler and Jake Brannon. Did you guys see Whoa, that? Oh, watch out. Are we talking tier four champs right there? Or what are we, what are we talking about? <laughs> hey, you know three. what? I will remind you that last <laughs> season, uh, Eric Davis told me that we are going to play in an open together at some point. And that though, there is your open, your tier four, because Eric, I cannot care. I cannot do much on my side. That's awesome. <laughs> Actually two teams. I wonder worth mentioning. These are my fun teams of the weekend. Ryan Windsor and Ryan Trader. That's okay. going to be fun to yes. watch. And then Alan Rawls and Cheyenne Boobin. Yes. Yes. I see that. That's one. like, that's oh, yeah. that's a bag running nightmare that you do not want to play against Rawls and Boobenheim. <laughs> so, if you don't if you don't like bags in in the hole, like just don't. That's the opposite. That's the opposite of Ben Brown and Alec Ryan is yeah. Rawls and Boobenheim. That's relentless. <laughs> I'm so impressed. She's still going, man. She is still out there doing it. That is awesome. Oh yeah, they won't be stopped. These are long days. These are long yes. days. Yes, I know. I I can't even imagine how they're making it through like 
mind blown. <laughs> Ladies, it's, you're crazy. It is a long way to get down into the hole and get those bags out of there sometimes. <laughs> I mean, that is just, that's got to be tough. Yeah. And for those men out there who don't understand that weight on your belly, it doesn't flux. <laughs> like, there's, like it's, It is not the same as having like a belly. Like, <laughs> it's like, there's no getting around it. It's awful. You know, all weekend she's like, I'm on scoreboard. I'm on scoreboard. You get bags. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm on you get bags, I'll get scoreboard. That's actually a good way to put it. <laughs> that seems fair to me. Moving into news around the league, we had a few conferences over the weekend. The Mideast Conference, Noah Almanza took singles and he took doubles with Jeremiah Ellis. For the Southwest Conference, singles, Gavin Cano and doubles, Justin Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain. And for the Ontario Conference, singles, Glenn McNutt, doubles, Jason Lowe and Joel Pincombe. Uh, so those are your conference winners. Uh, anything to add there, Trey? Yeah, well, for a couple of things. One, it's great to see Noah Almanza putting a, a string of wins, uh, you know, a strong person, you know, mm-hmm. strong performances back together. That was, we said this a couple of weeks ago. It's like, yeah, it's great to see him near the top. I just need to keep seeing it, right? And now this is another, you know, check mark on getting back towards in a groove. Great to see him sweep a pretty strong conference. I mean, I wouldn't say it's number one or number two, but. It's certainly a, a conference that's got people like Jeremiah Ellis in there that we were just talking about, right? So really impressed there. Gavin Cano, for him to win among that entire singles field, that is a huge win. He continues to showcase that he is an, an, an incredible player. And then Justin Burton Jr. and Logan Chamberlain, man, I mean, they're just, as a doubles unit, they're just so good. So good. <laughs> like they just, they just aren't losing right now, like to anybody. Um, and, and, and they're a scary team. You don't want to run into them at all. Um, I've heard some things about Glenn, Glenn McNutt out of Ontario, like maybe one of the next big Canadian players to come out of there. Obviously Connor Weiss, Brandon Brown, Bernie Portalesi, a lot of the, you know, the carrying the load, if you will, is, is a lot of that Canadian powerhouse, but, uh, I've, I've heard McNutt is, is pretty good. And then one other thing I'll add is Anthony, you made the comment earlier about like seeing, the progression of the game and now like Canada is the furthest ahead than Europe, then obviously Australia, right? Canada. I looked at this Ontario conference. So we're not just talking about an open. That's going to be all the best players, but it's a conference event, right? About 10 players above a 9.0 PPR. And then a good chunk of the rest of the open level at those mid to high eight. So again, we've seen that transition and increase in skill level Two years ago, we were talking about the inaugural open event in Niagara Falls. Now we've kind of progressed into we're starting to see a lot higher talent. So we're going to see a lot of these these top players and new players. There's going to be a period in Canada, just like we saw in the United States, where the next six months, we may not know who the best player in Canada is. They may they may be just picking up a bag right now. They may be the best player to come out of there. So I think it's a really important and exciting time uh, for, for the Canadian players. So true. Anthony, what do you think about the uh, conferences over the weekend? Yeah, the, the you start to look at some of the rosters or some of the finishes on these things, and it's dumb. I mean, that Southwest Conference, the bottom four, I think it's coming out of two brackets, so basically the last four standing. Sammy Soto, Matthew Creekiller, Gavin Cano, and Dylan Turpin. I mean, that could literally <laughs> be a national final four, right? You got Matthew Creekiller, who's already a national champion. Dylan Turpin, 
I feel like he kept threatening to win his bracket multiple times and was like right there. Uh, and then, of course, Gavin Kano winning his bracket at Worlds. Um, Sammy Soto already with a, a TV uh, experience. So the, it's just absolutely stacked. And it's it, it, look, look at this run that Gavin Kano had. He had to go through Turpin, uh, then, then Soto. Um, his field was completely stacked in his bracket. He had Turpin, Logan Chamberlain, Ian Cripps, JBJ, Braden Wilson, and Isabella Soprenit, and then wins the head-to-head against Justin Burton Jr. That's Crazy. tough. That is that absolutely is, tough. That is that's, not, that's not fun. You know what else <laughs> I didn't love? Eddie Grindersleeve, Caleb Batson, 17th. I know. Yikes. It's kind of weird. Is that oh, how the mighty have weird. fallen? <laughs> Or it could just be a really, really hard conference. <laughs> I mean, it could be. I mean, you're not going to win them all, right? You honestly, you rather save them for one of the one of the big, big events. Yeah, true. Game, I'm not worried. I'm worried. Caleb Batson was my number one player right now. I needed him to come out and win that thing. But yeah, if you look uh, at the where Mideast, did he finish? Did we, I, uh, I didn't even see where he finished. Did you see? You know what? I kept trying to find him, and I couldn't find him in there. But I just kind of grazed through him. I didn't. So maybe he didn't play in it. I, I don't know. I don't know if he was actually in it. Hmm. Um, but yeah, Jeremiah Ellis. I mean, we keep talking about this guy out of the other conference. He legged the pack. Uh, to me, it was that difference per round where he just continues to kill a 1.35. And he did that with a 10.72 over 88 rounds. Oh my God. He is putting up. So I saw one that was absolutely dumb. I think it was like missed two bags over like 23 rounds or something like an 11 points. He's throwing up insane numbers right now. Um, Almanza, like you said, throwing really well. He was a, he was a tough plus 10 over, over a hundred rounds. I think it was like 101 rounds. Let's send a shout out to Burstfield. I thought he did really well uh, statistically, but didn't place very well. Uh, Eric Anderson, his stats look really, really good. He's throwing at a high rate. Um, but yeah, Noah Almanza uh, coming out of that one. That was a close 23 round battle. Uh, against Ellis uh, to win that one. And it, it could have been, it was just close the whole way. The Great Lakes, did they have a conference too? I thought I saw something on that about um, maybe Windsor. Oh, I, have. I, I can't remember. I I want to say I saw something about Windsor possibly winning it. Uh, I think he played a Cedro and then. Oh, I did see that. Yes. Cause, oh, cause Windsor, cause, cause her, cause uh, a was in the King seat and I was shocked. That Windsor was coming out of the loser bracket, right? Isn't that how that was? Ah, they didn't code their event properly. Hold, please. Okay. Is that Miguel blowing it? No, that's not Miguel. Sorry. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Who did that? I don't pick it up. If it doesn't say state, if it doesn't say state <laughs> or conference in the event, it doesn't get picked up by my, by my thing. So it was, uh, yeah, they, it was C O N F. Okay, so I guess okay. they kind of they they abbreviated it. So let me see. So yeah, if we look in. Um, so Philip Lopez won bracket A and then bracket B for Great Lakes. Ryan Windsor wins that one. And then uh, I'm assuming the final. Uh, Wait, did, did Jaden Jaden Ellis, did he win? I thought he did. Maybe he, I could have it wrong. I thought he played Philip Lopez in the final. Uh, what did I see? Open singles A. He, yeah, Philip Lopez beat Jaden Ellis in bracket A. Bracket B, Ryan Windsor beat um, Isidro Herrera. Herrera. Yeah. So Ryan Windsor winning the winning winning the overall. I think so. What a season for this kid! If he did, man, he is he is off to a coming, nice coming start. in hot. He's coming yeah, in and then hot. and then doubles and then doubles Jaden Ellis and Quinn Reeves. 
Looks like they won oh. open doubles. Which I is keep very seeing that name. I keep seeing that name. Quinn, Quinn Reeves pop Quinn up. Reeves, yeah. He got picked up. He got picked up by the Marauders, I believe. Okay. Oh, so. interesting. I was there because I'm, I'm not familiar with the face. I've heard the name. Yeah, but let me. Uh, I, I need to now. I need to get this confirmed. Okay. Well, you figure that out, Trey, and we will wait patiently and stare at you. <laughs> <laughs> We're just completely, uh, completely unprepared here. We're live. <laughs> <laughs> Open singles final two. The. They didn't update the bracket. <laughs> <laughs> okay, it's not all our fault then. <laughs> uh, well, if people aren't finishing the brackets correctly, um, then yeah, there's no, nothing I can really do about it. So, uh, uh, if only we were live with a the chat, then yeah, I know. He, 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 uh, apparently, he did, um, but I'm not seeing anything else on here to say otherwise. So that was. Uh, I tried everything I can. I've looked in every different uh, every different location to figure out who right. wins it. But we appreciate the effort. <laughs> Moving to uh, buy or sell, the first one is Mark Richards is peaking at the wrong time? Question <laughs> mark. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna say sell. Um, I think he's just so consistent right now that like. Sure, maybe he's he, he, he won't win everything come springtime, kind of like what he's doing right now. But at the same time, like I think he's shown over the course of these two years that he is not a lot of up and down. He's yep. pretty darn consistent. And if he gets beat, it means that someone just happened to have their peak at the right time and they were hitting everything. And so ultimately, I, I'm going to sell it. I just think he's too consistent to, to insinuate he's got peaks and valleys. All right. Anthony. I agree. The C word, the consistency, um, you know, even coming off of that insane rookie season, we were talking about, oh, is he going to have a sophomore slump? You know, is, is did he peak too early? He's going to, nah. Um, this guy is as consistent as they come. Sell. It's a non-issue. All right. You are concerned about Caleb Batson and Eddie, Eddie Grindersleeve's quiet fall winter. Are you concerned? No, not, no, I'm going to sell it. I'm not concerned <laughs> yet. I mean, I need to see them do well at an open between now and the start of the, I don't need to see them win one, but like, you know, greatest double season of all time. You got to mm -hmm. give me a little bit of something. I don't need to see the world, but give me a little bit of something. <laughs> so I'll sell. Okay. Anthony, you're selling. I don't need nothing. Those guys, don't, those don't guys need are nothing. killers. They're, they could do nothing all the way to the first national, and I still think that they're going to be at the top of the chain. Okay, fair enough. Noah Almanza is back for real this time. Uh, you know what? Fine, buy it. I, I, I you know, I, I, again, I, I don't think he's going to be top eight, but does he have to be back to be top eight? Like that's, I think that's, you know, an interesting way to think about it, just because. You know, I think he could be equal skill level, but because there's so many great players now, he just gets pushed down a little bit. But like right now, we're not going to do top 20 power rankings. We're going to do top 10. He'd be flirting with 20 right now based mm -hmm, on how yeah. he's been playing. Right. Yeah. So like to Agreed. me, that that's that's a sign that he's he's very, very close. Um, I'll buy it and say, yeah, he's back to, to a similar skill of what he was. Anthony. Yeah, I tried to get it direct from Noah for his fans, for everybody out there listening, because I I'm, I was curious too, you know, like like I was saying on a previous episode, this guy is, I believe he's a committed 
you know, college uh, student. So, you know, that's taking up a lot of his time. He's probably going into finals right now, but yet he's still killing it right now on the boards. I believe I, I agree with Trey. I mean, now we're talking about him dipping back into 20, a guy who fell way out, maybe a hundred and something mm -hmm. um, went from seven to a hundred top 20 right now. Yeah, I could buy that. Whoever wins the open in Myrtle beach is automatically a contender to be a top five player. This is aggressive. It's very um, aggressive. It's bold. Uh, you know, I, I think I have to buy it. And and the reason Ooh. the reason is is because it's not necessarily saying they're guaranteed, right? It's a contender. If someone can go through this field, you're not going to be able to skate through without beating multiple, and I'm saying multiple top 10 players. It's going to be impossible. You are not going to be able to find a way through the bracket without beating multiple top 10 players. And if you can beat multiple top 10 players on a given weekend, you're at least putting yourself in contention to be in that conversation. So I feel like I have to buy it. Anthony? All right, I'm going to ask you two, two people, Trey. Steven Bernasette comes out and wins it. Is he a top five player? He's in the conversation. Adam Hisner. He's in the conversation. I mean, look, both of those guys, he gives, <laughs> those are actually perfect examples. Contender. They're in the realm of people yes. that I wouldn't have, I don't have in my top 10. I don't even, probably wouldn't even have in my top 20 right now. But if they're going to show me, because one, on the Hisner front, that would show me now he's done it twice. Not just once, he just, he, and then and then he's absolutely in the right. conversation. Bernaset would be a little bit more out of left field, right? It would feel a little bit more right. like that that 2021 but it's a, it's a fair argument history would be easier so, to swallow in that regard yeah you i was picking selling yeah i'm selling i was picking i was gonna throw trey burchfield at you next just because those are guys that have proven winners they could come out and win it but top five discussion is is so tough um <laughs> and those are guys you know outside of 10 maybe inside 20 that could win it so i'll sell though that that's not anybody Gavin Cano is still underrated. Uh, you know what? I'm hard buying this right hard now. Hard buy. By a single statement that Anthony Ione made in this same podcast. He goes, Gavin Cano, not in my top 10. Really, right. blah, 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 blah. What does this guy have to do to get in your top 10, Anthony? Right. Yeah. It, and I've always, I'm, I'm one of Gavin Cano's biggest fans. Um, I've always been talking him up uh, through the He's whole thing. He's in your top 10? He's in mine. Yep. He deserves yeah. it. He deserves yeah. it. So I'm Although an, I'm an, you're going to be an shocked who I left out. <laughs> mine, I'm going to get I know. Cool for mine. Did you drop JBJ? <laughs> Just keep going. <laughs> okay, no, we're, yeah, we're there. We're there, Trey. Um, oh, by the way, Ryan Windsor, 23 to 9, did beat Philip Lopez, is the Great Lakes champion. So I did okay. find it. There we go. He did some weird stuff with the event that I had to dive into, but we got Delayed, it. but but accurate. Okay, we'll take it. Uh, we are going to get into our single power rankings. I did have Gavin Cano on mine and uh, you know, we put these online and people love, I love your comment, Anthony. Cause you're like, if you think they're so wrong, like, let's see it. Like show us the receipts. <laughs> like what do you, what do you know that we don't know? Um, but yeah, they're, they're hard. It's so hard to pick 10, but why don't, why don't we get started with you, Trey? All right. Um, I'm going to, this, there's some, there's some names missing on here, <laughs> but like, I feel like I had to make a statement. I had to make a statement with okay. a couple people. So number one, I got Mark Richards, easiest pick in the world. Anthony's going to put Caleb Batson there. That's fine. It's Mark Richards. Mark Richards is the best player in the world. Agreed. It's not close. 
it is what it is. Number two, this is going to get a little weird. I, I may, maybe for some people, for most people, they're like, that's not weird. Uh, I'm putting Tony Smith there. Um, I keep wanting to take him off and move him down. But then I look through at some of the open events who he's losing to, and he's only losing to Mark Richards. Like he literally gets beat twice in the last open by Mark Richards. He finishes second in his brackets. Like what do you, what do you got? What else can he do? If he's not losing to anybody except number one, he goes to Australia. He doesn't lose to anybody except number one. What am I supposed to do? Right? right. So he's still the MVP. He's still throwing at a high level. He wins the conference event. He gets to keep number two. I do have Caleb Batson at number three. But I'm really wanting to move him off that spot. I need to start seeing some some consistency in singles in that regard. Now, the reason I kept him there is because he made it all the way to the finals of one of the last three open events. He did lose in that final, but he made it all the way there. And for that, he gets to stay there at number three. I got Caleb Batson. Number four, I get Devin Harbaugh. I know Devin Harbaugh has had some troubles with finishing, but if Devin Harbaugh is in the event one of the surest bets that you can make right now is he's going to make it to his bracket final. He's going to make the final eight. Like you, you can almost bet all of the money that you have on the fact that Devin Harbaugh is going to be there. And so for that reason, if I have that sure of a bet and I don't have that sure of a bet with anybody else on this list, except for the people above him, he deserves to be number four. I'm doing it. Number five, Jeremiah Ellis. I have the rookie all the way into my top five. He's throwing at an insane level right now. We just talked about a conference event. He's throwing a 10-7, and it's not a Matt Guy 10-7. No. It is not a Matt Guy 10-7. This is a 10-7 with skilled shots. Yes. He should have won an open if Mark Richards gets sick on that morning. If Mark Richards (laughs) is, you know, catches a stomach bug. Jeremiah Ellis wins that last open event that we're talking about and does it in a pretty commanding fashion. Yes. Okay. Jeremiah Ellis, or the rookie, gets in the top five. Number six, I have Fisher Hamilton. Okay. Again, made it all the way to a final of an open, hasn't necessarily won an open yet. I'm kind of maybe giving him too much credit of what he's been doing in doubles. So I recognize that a little bit of hypocritical there, but I still think Fisher Hamilton, when I talk about best players in the world, is right there at number six. All right, this is where I really start to shake things up. I was like, hold on a second, Trey. We have the exact same top six. Uh, just you do, me and you. Yes, I just have Fisher Hamilton at three, and then and then uh, everything else is the same from there. Like I, you just move him down and just keep going. Yeah, that's awesome. So now I'm curious to see that the, the second part. <laughs> Number seven. Okay, I've been doubting this person, or not doubting, but saying I just need to keep seeing. I need to keep seeing it. I've seen it. Ryan Windsor. He gets into my top ten. Okay. He's sitting at number seven. He's been consistent in singles. He's been consistent in doubles, and he's won through you know a couple blind draws already. He just wins a conference event. The guy is back. He is throwing it. He is throwing it at an insane level. I really just think he he deserves to be there. I got him at seven. Number eight, you go into the Southwest Conference and you win singles, you get to be at number eight. I'm putting Gavin Cano at number eight. Ooh. Yes. Uh, I think from a singles perspective, I want to be very clear here. When I'm talking about singles, I think Gavin Cano is playing just about as good as you can possibly play in that entire conference. Sammy Soto, I think, has the potential to get into a top 10 here. I just haven't seen him at open events that much yet this year, so I can't put him there. Gavin Cano goes and beats him, as well as that ridiculous onslaught that Anthony gave. These are the big two shockers. Number nine, Jacob Trzinski 
has Yo. been so consistent and nobody's yes. paying attention to it because he's not finishing top five, right? He's finishing sixth. But when you finish sixth or seventh four times in a row, you're still a top 10 player. Trzinski gets the nod. And I told everybody I wasn't going to, I was going to stop doubting this person. Thank they you. Were never going to oh, come out of my top 10. Alan Rawls yes. goes at number 10 and he stays at number 10 for at least three months. And he know, he's not coming <laughs> out of the top 10 because he deserves it. He, all he does is win. He hasn't played since the last time he won. Right. <laughs> so he, it's not his fault. He's not playing. He's still one of the best players in the world. And he deserves number 10. I left out Jamie Graham. Yes. I left out Justin Burton Jr. Like yes. a moron. I left out <laughs> Alex Rawls like a moron. Yes. Uh, Trader. I left out Jake Gore. I left out Ethan Walker. I left out. I totally get it, but I can't take anybody out that has earned it. Those are the, like, so I have Gavin Cano at eight. I have JBJ at seven, Jamie Graham at nine and Ryan Trader at 10. So we're, we're not far off. But Anthony, I believe yours is a little bit different. Yeah, and actually the difference is four players. And the first four players you named, Alex Rawls, Jamie Graham, Ryan Trader, and Jacob, Gore. Jacob and Justin Burton Jr. were all the ones uh, that I had in my list, except for I just, JBJ is, not my, is right outside at 11. So I guess those three. Oh, you um, had JBJ outside at 11 too? Yes. It's crazy, not in my isn't top it? 10. That's, in, that's stupid. It's crazy to say that. Um, I just went and thing. looked at the results and it just he just wasn't winning in singles. Yeah, yeah. And, and we could get to the first national and he could do that again. He could yeah. win doubles and singles and be like, you guys are stupid. But yeah, we have the first same top three. You know, obviously, I'm trying to keep it interesting here a little bit. If we all pick Mark Richards one, that's boring. And if we go back to last year, Caleb Batson, if we had a way of putting all the stats together and putting up with some efficiency rating or some power ranking equation, Caleb Batson would be at the top of that list. I think Caleb Batson can be a number one player in the world. That's why I'm having there. Like, I agree with you. It's like... Uh, holding on to that isn't easy, but I'm going to hold on to it one more time. If we do another power ranking in the next month or so, and I'm not seeing it, he would fall, but I think he can be the best player in the world. I'm ignoring the foot right now. Uh, I just can't deny the fact that Alex Rawls was the number two player multiple years in a row. Uh, I slept on him for the first year. Oh, shocker. He had second again, the second year, no more. I'm keeping him at four. Jamie Graham is another tough one, man. Like he shouldn't be on the top 10 if we just look at what's happening over the past couple of months. But then the guy, you know, Worlds isn't so far away. If you looked, he was the world champion just a couple months ago. Are you going to tell me he fell that far out of the out of the mix in just three or four months from a world champion? So that one's a tough one. I have him at five. Uh, we both had Fisher Hamilton at six. I am keeping Alan Rawls at seven again not sleeping and I'm giving him credit, not just making the top 10 list, but he's, he's up there. He's in the top seven that that guy is uh, continues to impress Ryan trader. I said, made my list. Ryan Windsor made my list, obviously validating that again, winning the conferences past weekend. And then Jeremiah Ellis cracking my top 10. He's the one that dropped JBJ out Jeremiah Ellis coming in. And I, I'm an idiot for not having Devin Harbaugh in my list, but I just, I don't know who to pull out. Wow. <laughs> That's a that is a, to me that Harbaugh's out there. Yeah, exactly. So that is the hot Stupid. take right there. And I do think Jake Gore deserves to be in there. It's just, once again, it's like, what, how do you, I don't even know how to do it. It's crazy. All right. Hot take time. You got one for us, Trey? 
Yeah, I'm going. I'm going. I'm going kind of hot. I think. I mean, you saw me. I put him in my top five. Jeremiah Ellis wins two opens this season out of the remainders. Ooh. Two open singles. Jeremiah Ellis takes down this year. All right, Anthony. Okay, mine's going to come out of doubles. I didn't mention him earlier. I was hoping to save it for here. Trey didn't mention him either, so here this is a good opportunity. I'm taking two. I'm going to do the doubles thing where this doubles team is going to finish better than this doubles team, and I'm going to take some OGs. National champs, a previous team captain, which means he was top 18, 15, 16, 17, 18 in the league. And newbies, some brand new guys to the game, brand new to the nation. I'm going to say Spencer Fabianar and Jaden Ellis finish better than Mike Ferreira and Damon Dennis. Wow. I love it. Let's go, Spencer. He's a North Cowboy. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I love it. Mine is, I think, super hot. I am picking a rookie to win in either singles or doubles for Myrtle Beach. Okay. Who? What? Any of the rookie oh, class. Oh, any of the rookies. Oh, yeah, I got any. you. I thought you were like leading it up. Oh, oh yeah. I, got you. I was like, I was like okay. Oh. Keep going. Keep going. Sorry. Yeah. I think I think that we're going to see a rookie. A rookie uh, someone from the rookie class is going to win singles or doubles at the Myrtle Beach Open. Oh yeah, we can all three. We can all three be right at uh, at Myrtle Beach. That's right. We look so smart. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that's all we got time for, everyone. Enjoy the rest of your day and week, and we will see you next time.